0: I think one of the biggest things I'll say, and I, I joke lots of times with my, my aunt who's uh, in, in B2B sales as well and was one of my biggest uh, motivators to go this route that I love in what I do that being really happy makes you more successful. Um, and so I often kind of joke when I make time to go do the many things I, I enjoy doing that, um, you know, that that's one of my secrets to success is I, I see a lot of people that I think work harder than me, uh, that customers and potential customers really pick up and thrive off of happy people. Uh, so I, I would really say just one of the biggest things is make time to go do all that other stuff that that makes your energy levels high, makes you happy, makes that people want to be around you.
1: So leaders, uh, we have an amazing young man. His name's Kyle Pinnell. Uh, In the last um, five years, Kyle's had six promotions. Uh, Right now, he's the channel partner manager uh, with Top Hat. Um, I know many of you know of Top Hat because they're busy on university campuses, um, really creating a, a better learning environment for for educational uh, companies across uh, North America. Before then, he was with Canon Canada um, in three different roles uh, that you can find out about and learn more about on this podcast. One of the biggest things that Kyle talks about is, is just the advantage of working hard for your career, but also finding time to do things around your career that really makes your career better and makes your life better not making excuses about wow i've got to you know gee I, I don't have time to wake up and do the things that i like to do before work or gee i don't have time at the end of work to go and you know uh do the things after work you know I'm just tired and 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 really really talks about how that that is not something that his strategy is and talks about many of the very varied interests that he has um and uh uh, it's really, really a great podcast, um, and uh, Kyle is an amazing young leader, and I know you're going to love to hear what you have to, he has to say today on today's podcast. So, so again, thanks for tuning in. Um, we are looking for other amazing leaders at the Student Works Management Program. You can email me at chris at leaderspodcast.ca, chris at leaderspodcast.ca, Um, If you know of any amazing leaders who want to have powerful careers, who want to really make a difference in the world, um, that's a place that you can go. You can also send them to leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Um, If you'd like to rate and review our podcast, I would love if you could do so. So uh, again, enjoy our podcast and thanks so much for tuning in today. So, Kyle, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Great to be here. Um, yeah, no, and it's, it's, I, I know it's been really tough getting you uh, onto the pod. Things have been really busy in your career and uh, doing all sorts of things. And this is a busy time for your business as it ramps up into the school year. And we'll get more into that uh, into, into the, what, you know, as we get further into the podcast. So I appreciate you making time. So, Kyle, tell me what you were like before our program.
0: Um, I mean, I was always pretty driven and um, was entrepreneurial. I actually started running, was uh, running a music school uh, where university students were studying various instruments, taught music lessons at the student's homes before student works. Uh, right. So I'd worked with people, set up a website, ran all the marketing, and, and then taught guitar lessons myself. But um, I, I quickly realized that I, I needed a little more coaching, running a business, and uh, Suddenly, one of the recruiters for student works in uh, England showed up at the
1: university, and it all seemed to make sense.: It seemed to make sense. <laughs> great, great. yeah. And uh, so what was your biggest frustration as a teenager before you got started in the business? Honestly, probably that I wasn't a rock star yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's still my biggest frustration to be honest <laughs> uh yeah i mean I, I played in bands for a while um you know
0: i thought they were the greatest things since doritos uh yeah so uh yeah i mean beyond that i didn't have all that many complaints i wanted to you know see the world play music go on as many adventures as possible but other than that, yeah. I just kind of getting things figured out and
1: still waiting for your big break kyle
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, I think I've realized I like variety too much. I've got a few buddies who are actually doing that, and, um, but got on a few small tours, with a couple bands I was in, and it's like, I, I like variety too much. You have to give up too many other things to go that route.
1: You really do, eh? Like, well, you know, tell us more, because uh, I, and, well, also, I'm interested. So I figure whatever I'm interested in, our listeners <laughs> are interested in. So, so tell us more what you discovered, because I, I, one, one of our other former really, you know, elite well elite performers in our program but also he's quite a musician won some competitions you know he shared about what he thought and his his impressions of the music industry would be so what, what what did you discover um i mean just like it was
0: a ton of fun when i'd go on the road with the guys but it was pretty constant you um you know you go play and you end up going out and partying and everything afterwards and the next morning it's like get up, get everything packed up, go to the next, you know, drive to the next city, go in for sound check early in the afternoon and work on getting that all set up. Um, you didn't, you didn't really get to see much of the areas you were in. And I mean, I, I love to kayak and rock climb and kiteboard and snowboard and cottage. And like, I just like, I miss all the other things. So, I mean, I play some um, pubs around Toronto here and there now. Um, but you know, I realized I'd, I'd rather play some pubs and uh, some campfires while I'm on adventures than,
1: uh, than make that the whole focus. The whole focus. Yeah. So to rinse, repeat, um, and, uh, and, and do it, do it again. So, so I, I absolutely, absolutely. So what do you still rely on from the, uh, the student works management program, cop?
0: It's a long list to be honest. Um, I'd say pro- habits is probably the biggest thing. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Work gets very busy, but um, I think student works gives you such a great foundation to learn more about time management um, and making sure that you know you work hard and make sure you're successful, but always find the time to do the things that you want to do. Um, you know, I was in the office until seven thirty last night, but got out rock climbing for a couple hours afterwards, and was out, out on the water in the out kayaking uh, on the bay in Toronto this morning before uh, before our. Awesome. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things is just that regardless of how busy you are, you can always find time to, to fit in the things that you enjoy.
1: Yeah. And just, uh, just so, so our listeners know we're, we're having our podcast at eight in the morning. So Kyle would have been up early, just like I was, um, and just, you know, you know, just being prepared. And, and to me, a lot of it is, is not making excuses, right? Oh, you know, like being very reasonable. You know, oh, it's really, oh, uh, I got lots of things going on. I couldn't possibly do that. I couldn't possibly fit in a workout. I couldn't possibly get that happening when in fact, it's actually the best possible thing you could do because it'll actually bring more energy. And, and, and yes, I think there's an impact um, that you do get, you know, more tired and maybe you got to fit some more rest in on the weekend potentially or whatever, catch up for maybe some some sleep that you lost because you're up early and up late, uh, uh, you know, and, and maybe trimming your day a little bit. But again, your day is just so much more fun, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> there's uh, you know,
0: you know, there's only so much time, but, uh, but if you make the most of the time you have, definitely it, uh, you, you enjoy it. And you're always happier. And I mean, you you always find, even like when I'm at work, I find some days I'm like, Oh, I should go in earlier. But if I go in earlier, instead of getting those things in that you want to want to do and are happy you're doing, then you don't come in as happy, don't come in as productive. But, you, know, you don't really end up accomplishing anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, um, just that, that I think that energy that you bring, right. Like it's just simple as that, right. Like you're, you know, again, it's, uh, you know, for me, I, I think pretty consistently except through the odd surgery I've had in my life, I've never not worked out at least twice a week, but way more likely four times a week, like doing something. And it isn't always just, you know, going to the gym, but doing something, like you said, a long hike a long this, or, you know, and, and you just feel so much more alive and, 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 uh, so often people, and again, as their careers get started, Kyle, they start to make those excuses. You know, you, you've been out for, you know, a decade or so and, and it's like, oh, all of a sudden, oh, there's no time. People, you know, and they start to put on weight. And then, you know, again, I just can imagine you're putting on weight, you're not as active, you're, your, your energy's not as good, you're not feeling as good. So what, why don't you tell, tell us about your career progress? I know you, you jumped out of our program, you're wrapped up in school. And you join Canon. So tell us about Canon. Your experiences there.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I guess one really good thing to mention to start is I know the recruiter at Canon told me they they had some software that pulled for things they are looking for, and that student works was on that list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I um, started in um, business to business sales, um, did small to medium sized businesses, so. Started in a uh, North Scarborough territory, so it was a, a pretty tough territory to start in. But um, managed to grow that territory. Um, moved into Markham territory, which is just a much faster growing area. Yes, yeah. um, you know, it did quite well in that area. Was uh, was one of the top reps uh, across the country in the in the small to medium sized business um, area. There. Uh, moved into corporate sales, so where it's more just a list of named accounts that you're working, um, mm-hmm. and did uh, another year and a bit there. And yeah, in my in the year there was uh, up there in the top performers in the country as well. So um, then ended up moving over to uh, where I am now,
1: which is uh, top and let's dig in more so so uh thanks thanks for the plug um and we know we know a bunch of companies do that to find our people um which which again speaks to what the podcast is about and and again getting about that you know amazing leadership experience amazing you know uh uh experience so that people are are looking for you so one of the things that one question that i was i was out walking our dog this morning and and sort of was thinking um you know for you Kyle is is that I know you chose to go Canon versus. Um, there's a lot of startups, you know, and 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 actually, you're with a company that now is beyond the startup phase, but you know was very very fast growing. Lots of really things, uh, really interesting, exciting things happening for Top Hat. But um, what's what's your thought about joining a startup versus going? you know, more like the Canon route or the Xerox route or, or, you know, where maybe there's more training or, and maybe there isn't, and we can dig into that.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely there's pros and cons between the two. Um, Mm -hmm. I, one of the things I really liked with Canon and, and I think part of it was that the, my experience before student works led into this was that when I tried to run a business before student works, I didn't really have the coaching to get me where to build the skill sets I wanted. The works, I learned so much. So I kind of looked at it the same way where it was like, Canon's known for having this amazing training program. Right. So, you know, getting in with them early, having having that on your resume, having the um, base skills from that, um, I think goes a long way. And I mean, in my experience now, um, I guess when I look at that and other people who have that type of experience coming in, I think it just had a lot of those people had a really strong base of business skills. Uh, right. I mean, when you go into the startup area, it's great because you get to wear a lot of hats and you do a lot of things that I probably wasn't doing when I was at Canon. But um, yeah, I think that base uh, skill set that I, I was able to build at Canon uh, was really one of the biggest drivers.
1: Yes, exactly. And really, again, building on the base at works, learning more, you know, and and so the types of things that we don't teach you, like financing, B2B skills. Why don't you talk more about those types of skills and the types of skills that you developed at Canon?
0: Yeah. um, Yeah, I guess really one of the big things is just that you're instantly working with C-level people and presidents of companies and owners of companies. You yeah. quickly learn that you know they're just people too, and there's you know, yeah. to be nervous about going to talk to those people. Um, you you learn to be able to find ways to show them how getting your product is going to save the money, and you know show them a return on investment, and um, you know speak speak to business, business language. I guess is really the the biggest thing. So, student work, I, I was lucky to get a couple chances to do some smaller B two B type. Um, sales, but right. it's less exposure to that. Obviously, more B two C. Uh, yes, I think just yeah, getting into that world and being able to speak the language of, of business owners and C level people
1: uh, was one of the big. Right. And for our young leaders, the big language of a, of a business owner is what's my return on investment by getting this product, getting this service? How will this, how will this drive my business forward? How will this, you know, again, have benefits for my business or even better, you know, or not even better. Also, you know, the other thing that's more measurable is this is how it's going to save you money. Right. And we're going to give you benefits. So, so, and that's what, that's what candid speak is. And one of the things I always like to share though, is, is that, is that, There's no question that that's not the language we teach at Student Works because, again, painting someone's home, there's not like a a business return. Uh, Now, there is in some ways is if someone doesn't paint, then that can cost 10 times more, as we know, to replace and to actually um, to to actually maintain somebody's somebody's home. But one of the things I always like to share is, is that you actually are talking to a lot of presidents and directors and VPs, because that's actually who we pay to a lot of people's homes and, uh, and window clean and, you know, service so that you actually are, you know, identifying and speaking to those types of people so that you later on, it's like, oh, no reason to be intimidated, as you mentioned, right? You know, wow, they put their pants on the same way and, and et cetera. So, um, well, no, that's that's great. And, and so, so, how did you find the culture at Canon? Like, you know, and, and uh, you know, what, what did you find there? Um, I guess
0: it was very different getting into from running my own business that you know there's a lot more red tape with a big company like that. I right. really had to learn to work through the different departments and and figure out you know how to get things done. right? so it was it was interesting in a lot of ways, um learning. That, you know a lot of times you need to make sure you're not promising things because you need to make there's things that you wouldn't realize were difficult to get approvals for or that type of thing so I guess you know really learning the different ways you needed to sell as well uh, yeah you know, I know one of, one of my favorite books uh, by Dan Pink uh, to sells human often talks about that you're you know selling always selling internally and externally so it was yes. Interesting that you know you'd have to kind of go to go to finance, go to your warehouse people, go to legal, whatever it is, and, and try to be going back and forth. So um, that I guess was a big part of it. Canon was, uh, I guess, when I compared to Top Hat, where I am now, um, there was less um, less team bonding and less uh, culture, I guess, in for- the company than where I am now. I mean, we still had outings, but I, I think part of it is that I'm in the office more now. And we've got a really fun office with ping pong tables and free lunches and all that kind of stuff. Right. Everyone spends more time together. Whereas right, I can and I was outside sales. So you'd see people here and there, but not as often. So uh, so yeah, I just very, very different culture going from big, big corporate business to something of not startup, but, uh, but still very much startup culture.
1: Startup culture. Exactly. Exactly. And, and again, I think that's a great thing for our young leaders to sort of see again, it's, it's, you know, selling internally is a really big key, you know, and also following the structures of the business, you know, things aren't going to get done anyway, but the way that Canon says it's going to get done and it just can't in a business that big, right. You know, and I'm sure as well, there's, you know, uh, you know, very solid structures atop that, or the business won't won't succeed and be able to sort of, again, uh, um, you know, just move and move and move and build and build and build. So, um, so tell us more about Top Hat. Like, first of all, you know, a, a bunch of our leaders, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm sure know about Canon, but, but what about Top Hat and what does Top Hat do?
0: Yeah, so we're an educational software company. So we sell mainly to higher ed, so to colleges and universities. There's, uh, there's probably a decent amount of, uh, of people who have used Top Hat in some of their classes in university who might. Awesome. Um, so we started out as the pioneers to the bring-your-own-device side of a student response tool. So basically, in the lecture hall, professors being able to ask questions um, that are built in throughout their powerpoints, and students can respond on a laptop or a tablet or smartphone, um, so that the professor can get real-time feedback. Um, and where before Top Hat, it was just a little device that had ABCD. Top Hat made it that you could do things like you could post an image of a brain and say, where's the frontal lobe? And you have to click on it and get a heat map showing where all the students clicked or uh, discussion posts or things like that. Um, And since then, we've expanded into doing digital textbooks. So, um, you know, digitizing them. We have a partnership with YouTube so that we can take any video from YouTube and insert it wherever within the textbook, add auto-graded questions so you have grades attached and incentivize the students to read the material more because there's a pretty tough thing happening in uh, in higher ed that a lot of students aren't reading their textbooks. So uh, that helps with tracking and for professors being able to see analytics around how well students are understanding the material and be able to see which students might be struggling so that they can make sure they're... uh, Providing some extra help, um, so yeah, that's uh,
1: wicked. I because I, because I read your I read your um, uh, website and it was not as clear as you you described it to me. So or maybe I just didn't get it. So all the pieces moving it together. So what's the financials? Who pays Top Hat, and how does that work? Yeah, so it's a very unique model.
0: Yeah. that when you make a sale at Top Hat you're all there's no actual contract okay so it's different than when i was at canon where you know once something signed it's it's a deal yeah where you're selling to a professor and you're basically just selling them on saying yes i'm going to make this mandatory for my students to use okay so you know really the students are the ones that end up actually paying um so it is, yeah, very, very unique that there's a lot of making sure you're working with professors and like I work with a lot of people where they're going to be authoring books through our platform. So you're kind of working as a project manager throughout, um, helping make sure the project gets completed and the implementation goes smoothly and all those types of things. Because anywhere along the way, it can fall off. Um, and yeah, one of our biggest um, pushes really is is trying to reduce costs for students. So. Um, a lot of the times, we're replacing really high cost textbooks, um, so that always helps. But there are a lot of things, especially for ones where, like, say, when I'm working with an author, if a book doesn't get done, or there's there's a lot of a lot of factors that can make things where you think you have a sale, but
1: um, you know that can make it fall off before it actually goes through. Doesn't deliver. So then, students pay to be part of Top Hat. Is that is that what happens?
0: Yeah. So the same way they would buy a textbook for. Um, they would just pay for like an access code to use the tools that are in our platform, okay. or code for a digital textbook. Okay. Uh, but yeah. And then instead of buying just a hard copy textbook, they they get the digital one. And and there's a few other cool benefits, like they they get lifetime access to the most updated version of the textbook. So right. It's something where you know, traditional publishers will put out new versions. Yes. <laughs> uh, here, you know, a student who in. Anatomy and Physiology course, and then it's going to med school. You can go back and review the textbook, and it
1: will be updated. Hey, leaders. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. Yeah, like I could see that being really, really helpful, you know, seeing how much uh, how much money has been spent in our family over over textbooks, uh, you know, with three kids going through uh, high school and university. So that seems like a a great a great model. So so, uh, okay, that's 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 uh, that's really uh, unique. Um, and so I see, I see as well, like you've had three promotions, uh, before a year in each, each spot. So what, what spots were the roles and, and what have you, what have you taken on as you progress through your career? Path?
0: Yeah. So I started as uh, an account executive, so it's an individual contributor. Um, initially I was managing New York state for the company. Okay. So, um, I was mainly focused on the textbooks side of things. Okay. Uh, we said more junior reps that did the in-class response tool and then um, more senior reps that were doing that. Um, so I had done well in, in New York and worked with quite a few authors and um, some people that were adopting some of our other books as well. Um, after about six months, that role had gone well. So I moved into a team lead role, um, actually switched territories to uh, down in the Texas area, um, but still on the same team was just... Uh, did a lot of player coach stuff and um, you know, some management right. um of the team. So uh, yeah, had another another good six months or so in in that role. Um and then was promoted uh I guess around six months ago now.
1: Okay.
0: The uh, role I'm in now. So we've actually partnered with a publisher uh, called Fountainhead Press. And we're working on converting all of their textbooks into our platform and adding videos and questions and, and we as we say, Top hat them. <laughs> uh, so yeah, now my, my role is... Uh, I'm a channel partner manager. So I'm, I'm basically managing the relationship between that publisher and Top Hat. Um, so anything from coordinating, getting some of our salespeople to jump on calls with... With their salespeople and and their customers, helping work with our content ingestion team, figuring out how the best processes for ingesting their material, um, the ways our marketing team can work with them, um, um, product updates because they work in some different disciplines than we do. So working with our product and engineering team to figure out um, what what updates should we be making, um, and then I jump in on some sales calls with with their teams myself. Um, and then I guess, the, yeah, the last part is I have weekly one-on-ones. They have about a dozen sales reps. So I have weekly one-on-ones with uh, each of their reps and their national sales manager uh, to just help with coaching on how to sell top hat
1: and how, you know, going through questions about deals they have, all, all of that type of thing. Wicked, wicked. So so one of the things for our young leaders, as you can see, is, is, is you know, Kyle, early on, okay, great you know, great results, you know, well, sorry, you really got a credit, credit territory, by the way. And and that's kind of what happens a lot of times in those, those, you know, Scarborough, just, you know, not such a great market in Toronto. Um, uh, a little bit of an understatement there, given the, the <laughs> economic sorry. the yeah. economic wheelhouse that Toronto is Scarborough, not so good. Um, and, 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 you know, we, we, when we have territories in Scarborough, we give people massive territories in Scarborough because this little area in Scarborough, really great. That little area in Scarborough, there's a lot of area in Scarborough, not so good. We don't even we don't even talk to them. Sorry, you know, but you know, they're not our target market, right? But then, you know, great results, great results, move to a new organization, great results. But you can see now, Kyle, is is that your sales skills are really moving you just into management and leadership and and combining and okay, hey, I'm I'm now marketing, I'm now you know, putting all these pieces together. So What's allowing you to sort of jump to that next level and really, you know, get the results that you're getting, Kyle?
0: Uh, I think one of the biggest things I'd say is just pushing through the valleys. Uh, Every salesperson uh, or every business owner is always going to have their their peaks and valleys. And, you know, lots of colleagues where when things aren't going so well, they jump ship and a lot of the times make a lateral move and don't, End up moving up. Uh, both of my colleagues who have pushed through when they've you know been struggling a little bit more. If you push through and you know you, you do your your metrics you set for yourself and all that kind of thing, then you usually do end up seeing the results you're looking for and moving up within a company is is always huge. And you know when you're talking to other recruiters later, being able to say, yeah, I didn't just go company to company; I moved up within each of the companies I was at. So. That's probably the biggest thing I would say is just you know persevering through the the tougher times and and just kind of knowing here's my numbers of how many calls I need to make per day and how many you know all of your metrics you set for yourself and then the results uh, come in time.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, and and one of the neat things as well is is that is that again for our leaders is to note that so often the path to you know the extraordinary career or the leadership role that you want to play, especially through corporations is through sales and then as you move up the sales channel you're getting more and more into management and that you know again when people say director or vice president or president really the one of the big hats they wear is top sales rep (laughs) closer Uh, (laughs) you know so so that's you know and, and and they can figure out deals and figure out what's you know stuck in the deal and how can we how can we how can we break through that deal and like you said Um, perseverance, commitment. Okay. Hey, there's a problem here, but we know there's a solution and just having that confidence and awareness, uh, that, and, and, uh, they've done it many, many times before it's broken through. So that's excellent Kyle. Um, so, um, uh, you know, so so actually, you know, I, I, I'm sure sometimes you 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 must think back to the days about running a business or, you know, and th- thinking, you know, big smile, Kyle, Kyle, I saw in Kyle's face. But, um, you know, running a business versus, you know, staying corporate. How do you judge and compare um, that? Uh, I mean, definitely pros
0: and cons between the two. I've got lots of colleagues from or past colleagues from student works that I know have gone more the business route. And there's, I guess, bigger peaks and bigger valleys. So I, I think for me, a big part of um, deciding to go the route that I have has been that I really realized I like the consistency that I get. Uh, I, a lot of what I realized was really important to me was doing a lot of the adventure stuff. And like I uh, mentioned to you, I think, before we, we started the call, uh, or actually it might have been on this call, sorry, but um, the, that There's been yeah, other exactly. things I've done, like music, that didn't give me the variety, and so just the variety I'm able to have in my life doing this. Um, yeah, that said, I, I mean, the consistency comes with pros and cons. I, I mean, I also look at friends, um, Matt and Cassidy, who I know have been on here as well, who I was with recently, and some of the you know, they're able to go on longer travels. Uh, that you know, I like to travel a lot, but it, it's generally. You know I've got my few weeks of vacation per year that i, I spend doing that.'re um, out for a few months at a time. so I, I find that, yeah, going the corporate route, I can have my weekends all the time and my most of my evenings and get out every morning. Uh, but I can't do some of that longer stuff where I see people like like Matt and Cassidy where they're doing they'll be away for a couple months and be able to just you know fully go enjoy. and then when they come back, it's like, okay, get back to the grind and and Put your, put your head down a little bit more. So, um, I, I guess that's really one of the biggest ones is going back to the, where I started there is just that, you know, bigger peaks and bigger valleys when you're running the business corporate.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's no, that's great to share. And just for our listeners, uh, you may not listen to all the all the podcasts. And I do recommend listening to all the podcasts, but you may not. And uh, Matt Andrews uh, is is uh, is one of our early podcasts. He's he's got he's developed a really incredible real estate business uh, with Cassidy, his girlfriend and partner. And uh, and uh, Kyle's actually just made an investment in a, uh, a, a fourplex down in Windsor with with him. So uh, uh, and Cassidy. So that's that's really exciting. And again, I think that really again describes kind of the advantages and the disadvantages. And then one of the other things I want to touch base on: you jump to top hat. Were they reaching out to you? Did you reach out to them? How do you find sort of the the head hunting on LinkedIn? Do you get a bunch of people reaching out to you, Kyle, because of the success you've had?
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely get people reaching out on LinkedIn all the time, um, they, they did reach out to me. Uh, yeah, had a couple of friends who had been at Canon who were at Top Hat. So okay. I mean, a recruiter had reached out to me and then I connected with someone else I knew at Top Hat and just kind of said, what's your experience been like? Right. But yeah, no, I mean, loads of people reaching out on LinkedIn. So I, it's always exciting seeing that part. Um, I've had a cool few cool potential experiences almost when I came to Top ad, I almost moved to Vancouver, then I almost went to Bermuda. Um, right, all well, recruiters that were reaching out, but this this uh, opportunity just won out. But um, you know, it is definitely really nice that when you do well in B two B sales, especially in a market like Toronto where there's just so many uh, thriving businesses, you you do excuse me more headhunters reaching out than almost any
1: other uh, career path. Uh, I think really B two B sales for sure for sure and 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 a, a big part of that is like you said is just keep continuing to deliver results and you can see by your your linkedin profile that you're delivering results or you wouldn't keep getting promoted you know six promotions in eight years or whatever it is so maybe it's more than more years than that but anyhow so so what are the biggest failures or mistakes and how did you learn from those? Kyle?
0: Um guess just when you're in those valleys um Getting caught up in them uh, is one of the the biggest failures that uh, I don't know if I will say failures even, but yeah, mistakes for sure. We, you know, I said earlier that knowing to stick to your metrics and keep pushing is is important and can get you through those, but it's tough. It's uh, you know, it's never easy when you're struggling through some of that stuff. So, um, you know, I'm I'm really lucky that I've got an awesome family and awesome friends and all that kind of stuff and. Have a lot of hobbies, so a lot of that kind of thing can help put you push through that stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think one of the one of the biggest things is that it can be really hard when you're struggling. People can feel like your customers that you're trying to prospect to can feel when you're struggling, and it can be a hard to get out of those ruts sometimes. Uh, so that would be the biggest one, I think. Um, yeah, I. Th- I love where I'm at, but there's there's times when I look like at uh, you know who I just mentioned there, Matt and Cassidy, and some of the real estate thing on, and kind of go, hmm, is this the best route? But uh, you know when it comes down to it, yeah, like I'm extremely happy with where I'm at. So uh, so it all works out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One of the things in my life, uh, one of the things I always uh, think about is, is that really, I'd love to live above a bunch of lives. You know, that's kind of my story, right? Like, you know, gosh, yeah, I can do that. And then I can do this, but you know, but the truth is we have one choice, you know, we are one life. And so you make that powerful choice and then you just stay on, you know, or, you know, then after a while you go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to move, you know? And I think that's one of the things that people, um, lose, uh, and and aren't really powerful about their choices. Okay, I'm just choosing this. And and that, you know, maybe it's a checkpoint every quarter or whatever. Hey, how am I doing? You know, stick your head up and look, right? You know, and, and but, but you know, the reality is you could have been successful in all sorts of areas of choice, right? You know, could have gone here, could have gone there, could have gone there. And that, you, but you only got one life to live that we know of, right? There may be more, but that we know of. That's all that we're willing to say on this podcast. <laughs> so, so um so uh, um so uh, you know, as you went from a teenager or university student to a business owner, or value creator in the full- time world, what did you have to change about yourself Kyle?
0: To learn to be a lot more aware, I guess, is least mm-hmm. things I'd say the I mean, as a teenager, where everything's uh, about me. So. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess one of the biggest things I'd say is just as you're trying to figure out what you want to do with your life, and you know what that choice is going to be, I had to change figuring out that it wasn't so much what do I want to do as what do I not want to do. Uh, so I think you know just realizing the ways I wanted to change in terms of. Um, when I thought I wanted to go into music and kind of went well. Right. I could spend a lot of time alone and that's not really, it doesn't fit me. It doesn't actually make me as happy as I wanted to to be. Um, I, yeah, I guess just changing a lot of my habits. I mean, I went through university and I still like to party. Don't get me wrong, but. Uh, um, right. Maybe you were partying a little too much. Uh, you. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say that was necessarily such a bad thing at that time in my life. But, uh, yeah, just, just sure. finding the right balance, I guess, is, uh, is part of it um, in terms of balancing out your, your hobbies and your partying and your working and, um, you know, your relationships and, and all. Kinds of yeah. Things.
1: yeah, no, I think that's great. And, and it, it is interesting as well as is understanding who you are right like like you know earlier on again the kind of life of a musician is really quite introverted you know a lot of times you might not really recognize that but it's really quite introverted up on in that stage maybe again a really successful but but it's it's like i'm in front of the crowd i'm doing my thing but in some ways they're not the same connection as as when you're again in a role like you're in you're meeting all sorts of people you're talking to all sorts of people so so it's finding that what is going to make Kyle happy. What's going to make Chris happy, you know, and really looking at that. And, and so that is a discovery. Um, you know, I think that's, that's, that's the best thing. And as well, it's, it's, it's so personal, you know, and that's really, I think the best lens to look at through as well. And again, like you said, the same sort of thing about what's the right, again, physical activity, what's the right, you know, social activity, partying or whatever, what's the right space. So that's awesome. Um, and so, if, if someone wanted to do what you do, what key habits would they uh, have to steal from you?
0: I think one of the biggest things I'll say, and I I've joked lots of times with my, my aunt who's uh, in, in B2B sales as well, and was one of my biggest right. uh, motivators to go this route, um, that I love in what I do, that being really happy makes you more successful. Um, And so I often kind of joke when I make time to go do the many things I I enjoy doing that um, you know that that's one of my secrets to success is I I see a lot of people that I think work harder than me uh, that customers and potential customers really pick up and thrive off of happy people. Uh, So I, I would really say just one of the biggest things is Make time to go do all that other stuff that that makes your energy levels high, makes you happy, makes that people want to be around you. Because um, yeah, I, I mean it's it's just such a huge part that when you are cold calling or when you're jumping into a meeting or whatever it is, and and you're really happy and they kind of say why and you're like, oh well, I went out kayaking underneath a bunch of planes taking off this yeah. morning. It was great. The sunset was beautiful or sunrise was. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, you know people people love that versus. Some so I I'd like to think just uh yeah, make sure you are spending the time.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's a I think that's such a great insight. And I think it is just so true. You know, one of the things in my life is I really um, well, one of the best things about my life is I choose who I work with. So I choose my district managers and they're my direct reports, or they're on the senior team. So I spend the most time time with them. I spend the most time with amazing people in our office. And you know, Hey, I, I want people who really have great to me. It's great energy, right? You know, like just, again, it's, a, you know, they're fun. They're, let's let's have fun when we're, when we're doing that. So that's a real value. And it does make a huge difference when you're, when you're selling to people and you're influencing people, right? It just, it just is. And when your organizations like that, and, uh, it just makes such a huge, huge difference. So, uh, so that's a, That's a great insight for our leaders listening today. So, uh, so, so Kyle, our final question, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind?
0: I think people that are creative and looking to make a change um, is probably one of the biggest things. Um, people that are trying to find creative ways to, you know, new products that can, uh, that can disrupt industries um, that are willing to put their head down and persevere. Uh, uh, yeah, one, one of the big things is I think a lot of people that want to run businesses or want to uh, be leaders just jump around too much, and you know don't stick with something long enough. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit in, in my answer there. But you know, someone who put their head down, learn the skills they need to, um, and is always kind of thinking, um, being open to different ways of doing things. Um, you mentioned my um, investing with Matt. I mean, that's something that down the road I could see turning into something more long-term. So just, you know, being open to different ideas, but not jumping too quickly, uh, making sure that, you know, you you learn what you want to learn from something, but, you know, when it is time to
1: make a change, you're, you're also open to doing that. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. And I can see as well, like with the how's done is, is has an opportunity with Matt, where Matt's handling, you know, the, you know, who the tenants are going to be. And he looked at the deal and the deal's a great deal. And typically Matt looks at over 30, 30 deals to sort of find one that's amazing, you know? So that's the number I know Matt was talking about. And then and then Matt's handling all that. So Kyle can go focus on making lots of money and, canoeing and rock climbing and crafting and you know all the all the stuff that he does and he just gets a return. But over time, he may find that, wow, maybe I want to get involved in that. Maybe I want to, you know, or 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 do the next deal myself. But there is something as well for real estate and anything is looking at yourself honestly, how much time is this going to take? Because we only have so much time. Right. And so uh, you know, and and again, we've talked as well that that it's not just a, a value for my life is better, but in fact, you do better in your career when you take this time out. So it's finding that balance and um, they're going to split profit on the deal. So, you know, Matt's going to take, take, you know, half the profits. Kyle's going to take half the profits, you know, on that basis. You know, so the money gets half and then the effort and the skill gets half. So, again, I'm um, super excited, uh, Kyle, uh, uh, you know, for spending time and, and, and making this happen around your busy startup season at Top Hat um, and excited to learn more about Top Hat and all the things that you're creating out there. And uh, thanks so much uh, for spending time on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Thanks for having me, Chris. Appreciate it. Uh, okay. You have a great day. Thanks so much. You too. Bye-bye. Hey, leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode.